what is going on everybody welcome back to vcast don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to give us a like if you can and share this with a friend this month we're going over the i am statements of jesus and when we study those we will begin to discover who we are in light of who he is enjoy Hey guys, welcome back to our new series on I Am. And if you guys have been with us for the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the eight I Am statements that Jesus made. um, And we've gone over pretty much all of them. We've got two left to go over today. Uh, We talked about how Jesus said, um, before Abraham was, I am. He talked about how he was the bread of life and that he was the resurrection and the life. He said um, that he was the light of the world and that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He also claimed to be the shepherd, right? The good shepherd, Um, not just any shepherd, the good shepherd. And he also claimed that he was the, I am the door of the shepherd, of the sheep rather. And anybody who comes through me uh, will find pasture and he takes care of us. And so it's been a really good process. And the final one that we're going to talk about is is uh, a very interesting one where he says, I am the true vine. And so we wanted to go through um, and look at all of these different um, statements that Jesus makes about vineyards and vines and things like that and, and why it's important in the story of the Bible. Um, so let's begin. Um, it starts in a garden. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. So <laughs> the beginning of the Bible, uh, God creates Eden. He creates mm-hmm. this gigantic garden full of trees that are bearing fruit. And he's like, you can eat anything you want. He creates Adam um, in this garden. And he says, you can eat anything you want. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, but one of the interesting points of that story that I've always found fascinating is that he makes mention of the tree of life. And that that tree actually existed. I think um, coming to a certain point in my early 20s, maybe, in my early 20s, I remember coming across that and reading it and going, wait, what? Because for me, I thought that there was a bunch of good trees and that the oh, there was only one tree you needed to stay away from, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which they failed to, to do. But what I failed to realize was that there was a tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of life, that if they had eaten from that tree, they would have lived forever. And and that blew my mind. I'm like, bro, this thing was just sitting in the middle of the garden and they could have eaten from it. So they didn't. But they didn't. And that's that was the most because that's the thing, too, because people always do that. They always go, why? Why would God even put? a tree of the knowledge of good and evil in there. And it's like, why would he put a tree of life in there? But he did. How, and you have to think, like, it doesn't tell us, but how long were they in that garden for before they ate that fruit? That's true, too. Like, we don't know. They could have been there for months, years. I wonder. In that garden with the tree of life just sitting there. The next day. <laughs> I just put y'all here and you already ate from the tree. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But but I all I know, all I do know is that yeah, that the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. Um let me see if I can find it. Um It was somewhere in here um where it talks about that. I'm not sure if it was like in the very beginning whenever he first puts Adam and Eve in there. 
or if it was uh, in um, when he puts them in the garden. Yeah, I don't know if it makes reference to it there or if it's afterwards when he kicks them out that he makes reference to it. That's a good question. That is a good question. That's why we have Bibles. These are what Bibles are for, to answer our questions, to answer our our No, it's right here. Okay, here we go. Um, Genesis chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can read this for yourself. Um, this is verse uh, Genesis 2, verse 7. God forms man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living man who had been, whom he had formed, um, which some render that uh, living soul. And out of the ground of um, the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was in the midst, in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was there. What translation are you reading? I'm in the ESV. Oh, why does your sound so different? Maybe I just didn't Oh, follow. I'm sorry. When I read, I because the thing is that the ESV doesn't have certain words that bring a little bit more clarity. Gotcha. So sometimes I'll put little clarifying words in there. Yeah, you do that. I like, paraphrase and like, sometimes I throw yo, people off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, yo, what's up with my ESV? <laughs> yo, dog. I got the bootleg ESV. <laughs> I got this ESV from the Dollar General, bro. <laughs> I, got like, I got them from the flea market. Um, no, yeah, yeah. but um, you know what I just heard too is that there's a, a really good NASB out there now. The NASB 20, has always been really NASB good. 2020 though, like oh. an updated version, which yeah. I heard is really good. I'm mm. NASB actually NASB is the closest to the original translation as you can get. And ESV, they're pretty much the same almost. Well, NASB, well, NASB, NASB is is closer than ESV is, but the thing is that it doesn't make sense. What does ESV, it make sense? the NASB. Yeah, there are parts of the NASB that don't make any sense. But anyways, we're not talking about this. Yeah, this we're talking about something. The only reason why there are five thousand translations of the Bible is because people want money. There's the only reason why people keep making more translations. Um, Just get a good ESV, get a good NASB, get something good that you can read. Yeah, whatever translation, every translation works. Every for me. translation works, but the um, only reason they keep making more is honestly because everybody has their own preference. Yeah, yeah. it's just money. It money. could be. I, I would think so. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, in the middle of the garden, there is the tree of life, and Adam and Eve could have eaten from this tree and lived forever. Um, and then when they sin, God removes them from the garden immediately, mm-hmm. kicks them out, and it's like, why? Why did He do that? Why not transition them out, or why not? You know, but no, he kicks them out immediately. And his his reasoning, according to scripture, is um, and he sets up the cherubim with the flaming sword. And he says, so that man doesn't come back in here and eat and live forever. Why? Because they've already entered into a sinful state. Mm -hmm. If Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree of life. Theory, I'm theory crafting here. So this is not I'm not saying this is 100 percent true. But think about. I'm kidding, yeah, probably. No, I'm <laughs> probably it could be but think about it they would still be alive today mm-hmm. eternal immortal beings in a sinful state walking the face of the earth it's the worst possible possible fate for any human um but um but yeah it was very interesting so yeah there's i mean the whole story of the bible starts in a garden and when jesus is claiming to be the vine the true vine he, he's making a claim to something that started long, long ago. Um, and, and not just that, <clears throat> this is actually pretty interesting. I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that the tabernacle and the temple were modeled after the Garden of Eden? 
when you read the actual descriptions of like some of the things that were created and how they were to be created, um, the, you know, the lampstand that has the, 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 the candles and it has all of the different, um, like sticks that I know, the, I know which one you're talking about. It's yeah. like the Hanukkah. One yeah. The menorah. The, um, that's, Hanukkah? that's the way they call They call it a menorah, but I don't think it's the same. No, but is it Hanukkah though? Is it Hanukkah yeah. For Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. That's Kwanzaa's made up. Kwanzaa's not no, real. No, yeah. Hanukkah is the Jewish holiday. Kwanzaa's not real. Kwanzaa. Merry Kwanzaa, everybody <laughs> out there who's listening to this. Um, but um, but you know, it's um yeah, so that the that lampstand that was in there, it was um the all, every single one of those things that held up a candle was actually a branch of a tree. And God told them that they were to fashion leaves on it and to fashion rosebuds at the end of it, because that whole entire thing was actually fashioned after the tree of life. Um, and, um, and, and, uh, more imagery, which is actually pretty interesting. What did God put in the garden to keep them from coming in? Cherubim. Cherubim, flaming sword. That's exactly what they had to sew on the veil that kept you out of the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. So the same cherubim with the flaming sword that guarded the entrance of God's presence in the garden had to be sewn onto the veil that kept you out of the Holy of Holies where God's presence was the whole entire tabernacle and temple was literally just the garden of Eden inside of a, a building. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they, they orchestrated, it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just that Jesus think, uh, how many parables can we think of where Jesus is talking about vineyards? No, no, but we <laughs> oh, went yeah. over most of them. In, yeah. Which one, which series was that? Was it, where we went over the parables of wow are we getting there it's only been this is like our third series and we're already forgetting episodes was it the love one this is not our fourth series this is we did love series. we, we did, did missions love. and then he is no this is the third series. series yeah that's what i'm saying we're already forgetting our episodes this is not good um but anyways um but yeah, there's so many vineyard parables. There's a parable of the the the, the laborers in the vineyard, the parable of the, the unwise stewards, the ones who came into the vineyard and, you know, they, he would send messengers and he would kill the messengers. Like all of these were to, Jesus said what? Your heart is, um, um, the word of God is seed. And um, some people's hearts are like soil, right? Like I'm like, bro. Oh, different types of soil, ones with rock. Right, yeah. There's so many plant analogies and parables that Jesus made that it makes me believe and wonder, is there something about plants that's super important to Jesus? Mm -hmm. So basically this whole podcast is about going green and making sure that we take care of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, do those things. Those are good. We should actually. Recycle. What do, do you those. think? What? Going green? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I don't see no problem with it. Yeah, we should. We should take care of the planet. Yeah. Of course. Though we live here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I I think that Jesus is um. One of the things that I think of are the roots of things. Mm. Yeah. So when Jesus uses these plant analogies, he is the root mm. of the um the tree. I remember I was having this conversation with myself about um, I was going over James and all that stuff and you know works and stuff like that and. Um, how, how do you know a good um, a good tree by the fruit that it bears, right? Right. And how do you know that a tree is going to be a good tree? How do you know it's going to be strong? How do you know it's going to bear good fruit by its roots? So it starts with the roots first. What are you rooted in? And mm -hmm. then you'll see the fruit right. be produced. So I think plants and fruit and 
vines and roots bars all of that <laughs> all of that fruits and roots man it rhymed all of that connects with what jesus is trying to say and it's yeah. the perfect almost perfect image it is perfect imagery mm-hmm. Not almost perfect it's perfect imagery yep. of what, who jesus is mm-hmm. and i think um uh going into the first one um john 15 verse 1 he says i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does not bear fruit or that does bear fruit he prunes it that it may bear more fruit mm-hmm. um so you were just saying that jesus is the root and jesus here is saying listen i am the true vine i'm the i'm the root of the tree right i am that and my father is the vine dresser his job is my my father's job is to cut off everything that is not bearing fruit right every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit he takes away hold on that's interesting though because you would immediately swear that the branches that don't bear fruit are the ones are non-believers but in reality he says what every branch in me this is jesus speaking every branch in me that does not bear fruit he cuts off we're going to talk about this later (laughs) we're going to talk about that later um he because jesus is saying i cut people out there are people who are in me that are going to be cut off this is exactly what happened to israel right israel was part of the this is romans chapter 9 11 something like that 9 10 11 somewhere in that range i don't know say it and i might know um where he says that israel was um was the natural olive tree and they were connected but they were taken off because of their unbelief Mm -hmm. and that the gentiles were grafted in even though there were a wild olive shoot, they were grafted in. And he says, but don't get too cocky, Gentiles, because just like the original branches were broken off to let you guys come in, I can also break you guys off. And I could also bring the natural branches back in. Um, and what Jesus is saying here is that he's saying, listen, anybody who is in me and you're not bearing fruit, you're cut off. That's what the father does. Jesus pleads on our behalf, though, because there's another story. This one's really super weird. One of those really weird stories that Jesus tells where he says uh, it's another one where he's talking about a tree that he's planted and that the the guy comes by. I think the, the vine dresser comes by and he says, I'm going to cut this off because it's not growing any fruit. And he pleads, let me fertilize it. Let me continue to, to work on it. And, and if it does not bear fruit in a little while, then you can come and cut it down. That Jesus literally is pleading on our behalf to the Father. Hey, don't cut these guys off yet. Give them grace. Give them mercy. Show them. This is what Moses did on behalf of the Israelites. This is what Jesus does on our behalf in heaven on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is constantly looking for fruit. And when he doesn't find it, he pleads on our behalf. But the vine dresser's job is to make sure he cuts off anything that isn't growing. Because it becomes... um, uh, a danger to the rest of the tree and he prunes that which does produce fruit and mm. we went over what pruning is and i think pruning is almost like cutting something it's like i, right. I forgot the process of it but you mm-hmm. cut it you cut so off that the it dead branches mm-hmm. to grow so that it can grow better which is weird because that's what it's like the way that he puts it is it's producing fruit so you have to cut it a little bit so you can mm-hmm. keep on doing it and these are what we would call trials in right. our lives, right? This is when we go through hard stuff. 
um, where sometimes God has to prune you and he has to cut off some things. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Mm, right. True. So that you can continue to do good things, cut off dead branches so that you can continue to grow yep. and don't let anything hinder you from growing. Mm-hmm. So the pruning process, although it's helpful for the branch, it's um, when in terms of us, it's hard. It's it a difficult process. It hurts yeah. because um, I think they were actually doing some studies where plants actually feel pain. Ah, know get that? out of here. No, That's they, fire. They, they were doing like... Um, like, because, you know, a lot of people are always like, plants don't feel pain, go vegan or something like right, that. Yeah, they but pain. they do feel pain. Studies show that plants feel pain when you cut them. So in this pruning process, the plant feels it, but it's mm-hmm. good for it. It hurts, but it's good for mm-hmm. it. It hurts so good. Right? I, I think. <laughs> same difference. I don't know. Yeah, no. So, yeah. I mean, the idea is that um, for those who do bear fruit. God's going to continue to prune you. He's not going to like harm you. As a matter of fact, the cuts that he's going to make are good for you. It may not seem like that to you at first, but sometimes God cuts things out of your life. And sometimes that looks like a job loss. Tell me that's not, that's not factual. Tell me it's not true that sometimes God is like the very thing that has kept you out of relationship with me and out of relationship with, um, with, um, your family is this, job that you have that you're working 80 hours a week because you want to be a provider but at the same time it's kept you from me and it's kept you from your family and sometimes we lose those things because god's like yo i'm just trying to i'm just trying to help you out so sometimes a job loss isn't necessarily a loss and maybe it's a good thing because he's got a better thing in store for you um but yeah so so sometimes god is going to cut things out of our life to help us. So I just looked it up. It's a, it was a study from the University of Wisconsin-Madison published on September 14th that plants, whenever you cut them or whenever a plant is injured, it releases a, a system-like signal throughout the body similar to pain found in humans mm. when they get cut or injured. So the same way that your body sort of reacts, it looks exactly the same when you see it happen plants. to a plant. So it's just like, when I found that out, I was like, bro, the pruning... Yep. Mm-hmm. that happens to plants it's it hurts the plant it hurts it, it feels it but, but it's good for it yes yeah because as a matter of fact um everybody that is into horticulture would understand that like you can't just let a tree like sometimes if you just let trees grow you'll start to see fruit bearing and then all of a sudden the fruit will go rotten the rest of the tree will start to die and then you won't get any fruit and it's like what happened you didn't prune it you didn't take time to cut off certain branches that were actually diseased um, because plants get diseases and they get sick. These plants can get um, viruses and things like that and mites and all kinds of things that actually kill the plant. Um, but if you cut those branches off before it spreads, um, think about human beings. We do this with cancer. Um, whenever we find cancer cells in a person, if we can cut them out, if, if you find cancer cells on a kidney, cut the kidney out before it spreads to the rest of the body. That's the idea of pruning. That's what we do. Um, And that's what Jesus does in the life of every believer. And the good thing is that if you feel like you're in a pruning process and you feel like God is pruning you, it means you're bearing fruit. Like, don't just look at this as bad. Look at this as Dang, I must be doing something right, right? Like, like the enemy's only gonna attack people that are that are doing what they need to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, there, there was some. I forgot who said it. Um, that if the enemy's not doing everything in his power to stop you, that's a bad sign. It is. He's comfortable with you. Yeah. Uh, um, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna get a good idea of what that looks like, it's a fictional book. It's not like uh, like 
it, this is not an accurate book and some people have read it and it like messed them up. So I don't highly recommend it to everybody. I guess it just depends on the person, but it's such a good book. The screw tape letters by, um, uh, by, um, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Oh, Goodness. I, that book is so good. I've never read it's it. from the perspective of a demon. Um, I know it sounds weird, but basically what it is, is that there's a demon who every demon is assigned to like a specific human. And this demon has an uncle named Screwtape. His name is Wormwood. And his uncle Screwtape, he writes letters to him and he says, hey, my my human is starting to find religion. But then like the uncle will write back, don't worry about that. Most of the people who go to church aren't saved anyway. I'm like, oh my gosh, bro. It, and he it goes into like the, the, the way the enemy tempts, but it's so aligned with the Bible and the way the Bible writes temp it's so good. If you never read it, Screw Tape Letters is so insightful onto how temptation works and how the the devil tries to get at us. Um, it's just a fictional book, but it, it just really it's really eye opening. Um, I have a friend who's obsessed with C.S. Lewis. And yeah, I started getting. I got one of his books. It's the um, yeah. You got the tough one. You got the the original. The, yeah. What is it called? Um, the something Christianity. Uh, um, a merely mere something mere Christ mere Christianity. Yeah, that's what it's called. Something like that, yeah. Some mere Christianity. So it's like in a, it's a basically a book where he's like on the news during World War II and he's just yeah. preaching the gospel. Because I think he was in the army and he would talk to air pilots or yeah. something, the the fighter pilots and all those of, who, who were in Britain and he would get on the news and people would tune in and he would just talk about that. So he didn't write this book. It's yeah. just... Written records of what he would yeah. talk about on the news, but it's yeah. good. Mere Christianity, really, really tough read. He's also the one who wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and all of the, oh, the other books that yeah. came. Those are great. Narnia, the, um, of Narnia. the Great Divorce, A Grief Observed. The You'll find a lot pain. of Christianity in yeah. those books, so a bunch. Really good. Since he's a really profound Christian writer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man's um, good. So, yeah, so then um, any tree that's not bearing fruit, he cuts it down. Mm -hmm. You gave a really good example of that with Jesus and the fig tree. Mm hmm. Um, the story where Jesus walks out and he's like, I, I want a fig. And he goes to the fig tree and it doesn't have any fruit. Um, so he goes up to a fig tree. There's no figs. And so he goes, cursed are you. May you never bear fruit again. They walk into the town. And then when they walk out, the tree, like the fig tree, like withered up. And it's funny, too, because that happens on like two different chapters, right? It's like it's one chapter where he's going in. And then he does yeah. some stuff in the city. That's like yeah. that chapter. And then the next chapter, they're walking back. Like out to of be the continued. City to be continued. And then they're like, oh my gosh, look at that fig. Oh. Yeah, the fig tree died. Mm -hmm. Jesus cursed it and it died. Mm -hmm. And it's, he was, and, and you know why? Because Jesus didn't just see things as physical things, he saw them as spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's why so when it's. Like, why is he cursing that tree? Yeah. Still, like, says <laughs> because it didn't bear fruit. It didn't bear fruit. And then he teaches about the true vine and he go, oh, that's why he cursed the fig tree. And it's also the reason why he tells his disciples, why are you sleeping? Wake up. Couldn't you stay awake for one hour and pray with me? And it was like, dang, Jesus, he's really antsy. Why is he so upset? And he's like, no, because I'm not just thinking about your physical sleep. I'm thinking about spiritual sleep, right? Of when I come back and I have to say, awake, awake, oh sleeper, right? Because the, these people have fallen asleep in their faith. Um, Jesus really saw that. But anyways, um, but another thing that's very important too is that um, a branch that isn't attached to the tree doesn't bear any fruit we are the branches of that tree and cannot bear fruit if we're not plugged into the tree we abide in him. we have to abide in christ this is the the second point john 15 3 
Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And as, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Um, and he continues to talk about that, just how the we need to abide in him. And so I want to talk about what it means to abide in Christ. What does it mean when Jesus says, abide in me? Um, and so... If you keep searching through, you'll see that he starts to say, um, if you abide in my love, right? And also he begins to talk about um, keeping his commandments and that these are ways that we abide in, in Christ. Because what it means to abide in something is to, it means to remain in it um, and um, and never, never get too cocky in your faith. One of the things I've always kind of told people is... Um, uh, have you ever have you ever been by a tree and just found a branch like just right down at the at the roots of the tree you just see a branch that broke off and fell on the ground and isn't it funny how that branch is super close to the roots yet not attached so w what i've always told people is a branch that's broken off may be closer to the roots but it's still not attached and so we in our faith should never get to a point where we feel close to jesus but really we're far from him mm-hmm um, we we really need to now more than ever abide in Jesus and in His love. Yeah. Um, I think we we touch a lot on those things, especially in our other series where we talk about love in action. Right? What does it look like when you abide mm -hmm. in Christ? You show that love. You show that that heart for God. Um, back to our mission series. Yeah. Right. When you're abiding in Christ, there's things about you that you begin to do and it begins to take action. This is the fruit that he's talking about. Yeah. This is what it looks like when you bear fruit. This is what James was talking about, mm -hmm. where faith without works is dead. You're attached to the tree. You need to produce that fruit. Yeah. Right? If you're if you don't have any works, then how can I tell that you're right. a disciple? Even Jesus says it. This by this the Father knows that you are he says it in the in the same I think in the same verse that we were just reading. Yeah. He says, "By this my father knows that you are one of my disciples, mm -hmm. that you bear the fruit." Right? So when we abide in him, you can't tell us apart from him. Yeah. No, that's you will know them by their fruit, right? Mm -hmm. You can't tell you can't tell um it was who was it that I was showing that video of? Was it John MacArthur or I think it was. And he was talking about how God when like the doctrine of substitution mm -hmm. and um, I'm obviously not going to go over the whole thing but he was basically saying that when God looks at the cross he sees you when he looks at you he sees Christ mm -hmm. that's what it means to abide in him that when God looks down at you he can't tell the difference between well he shouldn't he shouldn't he, yeah he's not able to he's, he's yeah not that he's incapable because we bear now that you're fruit. covered in the right. blood of his son he can't tell you apart right. from his son right he's you're my son you're my daughter mm -hmm. right and now you are like Christ. So when I look at Jeremy, when I look at Jacob, I see Christ. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, your, how do I gauge if I'm a fruit bearing Christian? It's, it's got to be a better gauge than going to church. Going to church is not a good gauge of fruit bearing. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, anybody can go to church. And I think you should go to church. And I, I don't like making statements like that because sometimes people take them the wrong way and they go, oh, even, you know, Jeremy was saying that we shouldn't even go to church if we're not bearing. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go to church. It's super important. Um, and if you're scared to come to church, 
put on a mask and come to church. But 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 come to church. It's very important. But what I'm trying to say, and I want to make sure that I'm clear on this, is that that is not a good gauge for telling that you're a good Christian. You need to look for fruit. Because at the end of the day, the branch that was broken off is always going to remember when it was connected to the vine. But if you don't see any, that's not the gauge though. Just because you go, oh yeah, I was, I'm connected to Jesus. You may look back and find out you were cut off a long time ago. And you may live your whole life thinking, I know Jesus and Jesus is going to look at you. Uh, Matthew chapter, was it Matthew 7? Uh, who are you again? I don't know you, right? Because he judges us based on fruit that we produce and we have to produce fruit for him yeah. how do we do that literally you don't have to produce fruit you don't have to try to be a good christian abide in christ and in his love fruit will come out of you naturally yeah, the, and we're not preaching uh salvation by works type of either thing. correct not. this has it's nothing to do with it completely the opposite of it yeah but to say that works has nothing to do with anything is yeah. false. Correct. That's exactly what James was stressing. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, hey, you're saved by faith. He, yeah. he agrees with Paul completely. A lot of people think James and Paul disagree. They don't. No, yeah. But James wants to make sure you don't get too comfortable. Right. He doesn't he want to, to make, clarify. Right? Oh, I'm just saved by faith. Okay, so I can kick back, relax, and no don't need to do nothing. He's like, whoa, don't. See, yeah. Paul was speaking to unbelievers. James is speaking to believers. Mm -hmm. He's saying, you've been saved by faith. Show me that faith. Right? Paul is saying, hey, to, to all the Gentiles and pagans and all this other stuff, yeah. he's like, hey, you're saved by faith. You don't right. have to do good things in order to be saved. Mm -hmm. James is saying, hey, you're already saved. Now produce these. Now do good works. Now do good works. Right. He's stressing that. He wants to make sure that we don't get too comfortable where we are. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Don't get too comfortable. You're connected to the tree, bear good fruit or you'll be cut off. Right. And if you're not sure where, where you're at, just look at your works. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law, right? These are good things. They benefit society. They benefit your marriage. They benefit your parenting. They benefit your job. They benefit your school. All of these things build you and the people around you when you exhibit them. But if they're non-existent in your life, check and see if you're actually abiding in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like that's a good indication. I'm not a very patient person. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm, I haven't been very faithful and I haven't been doing this and I don't feel like I'm doing this. You don't feel like these fruit of the spirit match up with your life. Then you need to go and check your intimacy with the one who is divine, Jesus. Do you pray? Do you read your Bible? It's the most, it's the most ridiculous thing that you have to ask. And I ask it to people and they get upset because people go, oh my gosh, it's always the same thing. You're, oh, let me guess, let me guess. You're going to ask me if I'm praying and reading my Bible. Yes, I am, because that's how you connect with God. Are you communing with God? No. Okay, no wonder you're not producing the fruit, right? If you want to produce good fruit, you have to be plugged into good roots. Bars. Bars. End the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can, but we just got that last one. Yeah, we got this one more to go. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. So we have vines and pruning. We have vines and abiding and now we have vines and growing, mm. right? So this is the next point. It's growing. Um, we go to John 15, verse 10, and it says, If you keep my commandments, 
you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Mm -hmm. I love this. Mm -hmm. If you keep my commandments, then you're abiding. Because Jesus said this. He goes, hey, abide in me. What does that look like? Well, then abide in my love. How do I do that? Keep my commandments and then you'll abide in my love and then you'll be abiding in me. Simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how we continue to grow, right? Mm -hmm. And it, there, there's a, the Bible is pretty clear on how we do things. Like a lot of times if you just read it, you'll be like, oh, that's how I do it, right? How do I grow? How do I stay? Like when we were talking about Psalms 119 verses 9, how do I keep, how do I stay on that path? Mm. What does David say? How do I keep my way pure? By guarding it according to your word, right? It's just, it's so simple. And mm -hmm. he's saying, how do I abide in your love? Keep my commandments, right? He's saying, if you keep my commandments, you will you abide will. in my love. Not you, maybe. Declarative. If you want to. Right? You will. It's declarative? Declarative. Yeah. Well, yeah. He says, you will abide in my love you if you keep abide. my commandments. Just as I keep my father's commandments and I abide in mm -hmm. his love. You will abide in mine if yep. you keep my commandments. Here's the, here's the dichotomy that I would love for you to dissect. Commandments and joy. Mm -hmm. Because commands are not joyful. But even in what you just stated, when you were quoting from Psalms, where he says, what, that I um, obey your commands. That's how you keep your way pure. What is the end of that? Your he, commands are like honey to my lips. Delight I delight in, in your, in, I delight in your commands. Like I, that's crazy. Yes, because I don't know about you, but commands are don't seem like I don't an like enjoyment. being bossed around. Yeah, nobody likes <laughs> to be bossed around. Nobody in lot like it, and and it's a rebellious attitude that we have where we don't like to be under authority. I mean, for crying out loud, we're, you know, we're we're fighting our own policemen. You know what I mean? How do so. you how do you train your dogs? with treats right yeah yeah so when positive they hear reinforcement your, positive reinforcement so when they when they hear your command they know something good is going to come out of them sometimes you know what i mean Jacob! like when i say hey sit, <laughs> <laughs> when i tell my dog to sit down he's like oh treat i'm gonna sit down mm. right there's that positive reinforcement that i give him my dogs go crazy when they hear my dad walk in because they know they're gonna get a treat every time he comes home he throws a treat yeah so it's just by knowing these things that that like dogs wow. are just positively reinforced mm -hmm. when you command them because they've been positively reinforced. They're so excited when you tell them to yeah. sit down. Why? Because they know they're going to probably get a treat. Right. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So then so then what you're saying is that. What bad has ever come from being obedient to God? No. I mean, yeah. Like, because think about it like the dogs, right? Yeah. They get excited when you tell them to sit. I say sit down in this mm -hmm. tail wagon. I'm gonna, yeah. Something's going to happen. Right? Yeah. He gets excited. And that's the same way that we need to approach God. When he yeah. tells us to do something, we know something's about to happen. Right, because we were slaves to sin. Mm -hmm. And what fruit did we bear when we were slaves to sin? Mm -hmm. You went out, got plastered, got drunk with your friends, and you ended up having a crazy one-night stand or doing something you shouldn't have done. You ended up sleeping in the middle of an alley, and you woke up and you just looked at yourself and said, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I I regret. I'm disgusted. Yeah. What fruit does sin, sin bears regret, shame, guilt. But obeying the commands of God and obeying the commands of Jesus 
only yield good results. It can only yield good results. And every time you hear him, every time you hear his words, his every time you hear him, you just get excited. You're like, yo, something good's about to happen. Yo, flames, bro. That wasn't even written down. <laughs> Absolutely. I, we have to write it down now, though. Now we have to now write it down because we're going to forget it. it. Yeah, we're going to forget that. Can you type that up? In the thing? Do it on your phone because it'll, it'll log you in over here. Anyways, so yeah uh the, the key word here is joyful obedience joyful obedience the idea that god's commands i'm not are not burdensome to me they are honey to my lips i am i delight in doing the commands of god and maybe you're listening to this podcast and maybe you don't delight in the commands of god right every person before they come to jesus sees commands as forbidding things but really he's trying to give us he's trying to give us full enjoyment like we talked about in the last one he's trying to give us life and abundance not just a regular life i want to give you an abundant life and here are some things that if you trust me and take my advice you're gonna like this a lot more than you anticipated right everything works that way right like we talk about sex for example everybody is oh can't talk about that God is not saying, and the thing is that everybody demonizes it like, oh, sex is bad. No, it's not. It's a good thing, but it belongs in marriage. And that's the most fulfilling way because if you do it any other way, you don't know what you're doing. You're trying to learn specific things. But when you're committed to a partner, you learn your partner. And that's one of the most beautiful things about that. Dr. Frank Turek once said that um, Satan tempts you with good things that he intends for you to use wrongly. He yes. tempts you with sex. Sex is a good thing. You mm -hmm. use it the wrong way, it's bad. He tempts you with money. Money is a good thing. Right. But you use it the wrong way. And it leads he to tempts great. you with um, like a whole bunch of just yeah. stuff that are is good. Those are the only two that came into my head. He had a bunch of other ones. But everything that he tempts you with in... The way that God intends it, it's a good thing. Yeah. But he intends for you to use it the wrong way. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, I, I, I can use a knife to cut my steak or I can use it to stab somebody. Mm -hmm. Right? It, it. What is its intention? What was it made for? It was made to cut meat to make it easier to, um, you know, eat and enjoy. But when you use a knife wrongly, it becomes a weapon and it can hurt people. The same thing is true with a baseball bat. Fire fire cooks steak but it can set an entire town on fire yeah. it just depends how you use it there was um another pastor that i was that i just came to mind as you were talking um they were talking about the difference between like a lion and a human being mm -hmm. uh, like a lion it's got the sharp teeth the fangs the thick skin it's made for killing right yeah. it's made for it. mm -hmm. we're not made like that no, we, we're not made to kill. We're not made to destroy. We're not made to be violent. Nothing about us, the way that we were created, was meant for that. Instead, we make tools to help us do it. Right. Right. So the things that the earth provides, we use it and make it into something that it shouldn't be. Right. So we're not intent. We're not made killers like a lion is. Mm -hmm. A lion is born to be a killer. It's equipped with fangs. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Claws. And, but we make things. We make things. Yeah. But the lion is equipped. It's born that way. Mm -hmm. It's born to kill. It's born to instinctively hunt. Yeah. We make tools and we make things to help us produce violence. Yeah. 
and we can produce violence or we can produce good um but it all depends if we're abiding in jesus and if we plugged into if we're plugged into christ and he is our our good vine we will produce good fruit and if we don't abide in him we won't produce fruit good fruit at all but um thanks be to god that we have jesus and that we can abide in his love Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.